Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome to a new episode of Mobility and Inclusion. I am Harut Markarian, and my guests today is Magna Cum Laude, a graduate of Pace University with a degree in political science and peace and justice studies, David Sharif. David works as a job coach for a large New York City-based nonprofit and a social media moderator for a worldwide organization, both serving the New York diversity community. In March 2021, David published his first poetry book titled The Empowerment of My Condition, a chronicle of his autism journey. He is also a passionate globetrotter, eager to study new cultures. His vision is to continue breaking barriers and speaking professionally to various audiences globally about autism-related topics. David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Great. It's, uh, we, uh, I actually, when I saw you post on Facebook for the first time, I, was, I, thought, I said to myself, I need to have this guy on my show right away. So... <laughs> Thank you for accepting my invitation. And let's start by you know, introducing us. Uh, I, I did a quick introduction of you, but mm -hmm. they, I mean, give us a little uh, you know, juicy stuff about yourself. All right. I was diagnosed with autism at the age of four. I was able to speak, but could not socially interact. I received ABA therapy, applied behavioral analysis. I enrolled in a creative kids program, exploring the arts in drama, dancing, arts and crafts, reading and writing. And then at the age, at the same age, approaching five or five or six years old, I enrolled in a multidisciplinary special needs school called Village Glen West, which is administered by the help group, a large nonprofit based in the Los Angeles area that is split into multiple schools serving individuals with learning differences, about eight or 10 of them. Okay, that's, that's quite a journey. Mm -hmm. I fulfilled my general education at Village Glen West from pre-K to 12th grade. Following that, I attended post-secondary education at Pace University fall 2015 to spring 2019. I was valedictorian for the class of 2015, my high school graduating class. My time at Village Glen West was the opportunity to enhance my social interactions, learn how to read and write better in a different way than neurotypical people, learning other ways to comprehend stories that are not black and white through visualization and reading a book without pictures. In addition to obtaining speech therapy and behavioral therapy about how I have been progressing with catching clues, idioms, and a variety of needs in order to live a successful life. Every year, I had an IEP, which stands for Individualized Educational Plan, which is technically reserved for individuals with special needs, supporting them with their goals to accomplish 
new necessities every school year and to seeing the changes they have made, what they have overcome and what they need to work on. Reading comprehension is one of my biggest struggles. I had better success in mathematics, which is where I can find one answer to a question. While I am good in classes with more discussion, it takes a tremendous amount of time for me to understand the, the true meaning of what is actually there when, when it's really not black and white, which means I have to search for the clues. I have to swim down, like literally right to the bottom of the ocean or even to dig a bigger hole in the sand to actually find the treasure. That is how I vision my reading comprehension techniques. Mm -hmm. That is that is great. Uh, it's, um, first of all, thank you for you know giving us a detailed approach to your you know uh, abilities. Uh, that's uh, quite a you know quite a different way of. Uh, you know, looking into things, uh, things that most people take for granted, like reading, you're right. Um, and uh, just just hearing you say how things make sense to you and how you approach reading, uh, it just showcases how many possibilities there are for tackling different sorts of challenges or different sorts of uh, you know, problems that solutions can be found too with different approaches. Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, having you explained all of that, you are a magna cum laude and the recipient of many honorable awards. How was that? How was, how was that experience? I mean, you're describing your challenges and how differently your approach was into something as simple as reading, right? Uh, reading for me uh, might be simpler or, 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 or in a different way that you would read, correct? So, and I'm not a magna cum laude. I didn't receive uh, as much award as you. Please tell us how did you achieve all these awards? That is a great question. Do you specifically mean like in schooling, my education levels or, or outside of education? I'm, I'm talking in general. I mean, e even in schooling, at school, I was terrible at school. You know, I, my mind was only sports at the time, right? Uh, so, uh, but then seeing someone like you Tackling, tackling his challenges in, in, in ways that I wouldn't think about because for me, you know, things that you find it hard might be very easy for me and things that I find it hard might be very easy for you. So you were able to navigate that minutia and reach, you know, solutions effectively. I am very satisfied that you brought up sports or earlier. I am a sports fanatic as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's great to know. And uh, how did you, so let me get a segue here since you talked about sports. Uh, and you, you mentioned that uh, you weren't, um, socially you weren't that involved. Did I understand that correctly? Kind of yes and no. Okay. In a way I like to socialize with neurodiverse people and others who are different from me, but I did struggle a lot with connecting with anyone because of how I couldn't express myself mm -hmm. and my communication styles were different. Got it. So how did that impact you know, your love for sports or did it impact at all? There are a variety of things that have impacted it. I will be as concise as I can with it. Okay. 
right around post-secondary education, I went to summer camp for two summers up in the mountains in Malibu, right before high school. I went to Camp JRF, now Camp Havaya, in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania, the place where I found my long-life best friend, Samuel Frolicstein Appel. It is the place where the staff, my friends of the place, have challenged me to look at the bigger picture of my inner self. Aside from camp, every year during the winter, summer, or spring, depending on my weeks of in and out of school, I have traveled the world with my family, like Europe, Canada, on cruises, you name it. Mm -hmm. Through my adventures, I have been involved in athletics. I have played recreational basketball two blocks away from my residence in different divisions. One season I played baseball, but then after baseball, I went into bowling, which ended up being better for me. Growing up watching baseball with my mother and basketball with my father, I have learned a lot from these games and even bowling as I got further into it. Some of these lessons are know your strengths and weaknesses, accept failure, stay in the moment, and be prepared for the unexpected. I have been in that situation several times. In bowling, I always wanted to knock all 10 pins. Even if I hit my target, there were times when I left a pin standing. I had to accept it and utilize my last chance to knock that remaining pin. In basketball, I always wanted to shoot the ball but I could not do it every time because someone was guarding me very well. I also had to play better on defense, which was not something I enjoyed, but it's a team sport and you have to play the game in both ways. Being the tall player for some seasons, I didn't like playing down low because I was not good at rebounding the ball. But eventually, I got extra assistance on how to get that missed shot and to execute back on the other side of the court. Baseball was the game where I lashed out frequently, where I told the pitcher how to throw it at me, but that is not my responsibility. The pitcher chooses how to, how to deliver. And it's up to me to swing at it or hold off of it. I, get, I was tagged out more than 90% of the time. And I lashed out whenever that happened. Mm -hmm. One time there was a field trip to a batting cage. Standing in the cage and having 10 balls to hit. I saw how hard these balls are and the strength that many ball players have to are required to have no matter what level you're in. Yeah. And then when I got into bowling, I realized that strength does matter. You have to be in good shape, but must, but arm muscles or your muscular system is not really a big emphasis. It, it, it's also about your aging and how you mentally approach any sport that comes in. Yep. It's meant bowling is meant to be 
slower paced as opposed to fast paced. So from sports, camping in the woods and my world travels, the biggest thing that annoyed me was starting in middle school to high school. I always liked sharing my adventures, my times with camping to build everlasting friendships, my sports, my athletics, or even any other activity that I thoroughly enjoyed. And even the legends who have inspired me to be what I want to be. And a good example of that is the legend Kobe Bryant on my poster. Boy, you did not deserve to lose your life in that tragedy. And I so sad I never got the opportunity to meet you in person. And boy, do I miss you so much. That was, that was wonderful. Yeah. He was one of my best uh, players as well. Mm -hmm. But what was the big thing that I went through? I never got the respect I deserved for whatever I wanted to talk about by some people, but not all. It wasn't fair to me. I spoke to the administration about it several times, and there was very little that was done. Not just my athletics, camping in the woods, or my world travels with my family or independently. It was my academic performance and other kinds of camaraderies that I have established with my classmates that are endless. Mm -hmm. And for even finding a very close friend who is not from my home state and does not go to the kind of school that I was enrolled in. And that was just the saddest moment for me. But that never bothered me at all because anytime I got home, I always thought about my camp comrades and the kind of wisdom that they gave me so that I could succeed at whatever I chose. I took their wisdom with me when I went to school and utilized it to accomplish whatever I wanted. My academics, my extracurriculars, and a variety of other things that I wanted. I was even disrespected about my post high school plans. And that was more frustrating than ever. My big goal was to go to college in New York City. When my brother went to NYU, I was very fed up because he was leaving me and I was the only child left in the house and I had no one to mess around with. Like literally during his freshman year, I just phone called him every day after school. And then I actually did the same thing until I could see him again while I was in New York or even spend the night in his dorm. And, um, and then following his graduation from New York University, I prepared for the standardized test, which was certainly not one of my strengths as well. Test taking was something that I did not enjoy, but had to take care of. So I accomplished an 18 out of 26 on my ACTs. And when my parents and I were searching for universities, because my plan was to go to a four-year university as opposed to starting at a city or community college, mm -hmm. we looked at institutions that offer the best support for individuals who have learning differences. I ended up applying to three in New York and three in California, and I was admitted into four out of six of them. That's awesome. But then another thing that kind of hit the nail on the head was the fact that I wanted to do New York City, not just because I loved that place or even to the fact of being in 
an urban area and enjoying the night lights, I wanted to do something unforgettable. When I graduated high school as the top student with a variety of other accomplishments that have led to it, I am the first student from my school to attend a four-year university in the other side of the country. And that was the big reason why I wanted to make history and apparently the ones who were not kind about what I wanted or even my ambitions knew what they were about to witness. And they saw it and I approached it in a mature way explaining that you should really review your history and know what you're doing and how you're approaching what your responsibilities are as opposed to just tearing down others who are technically more advanced than you and have the credentials to move forward at harder institutions or harder educational environments that they are qualified for. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, well, you said a lot of things that, you know, uh, made me think of, and this is what I was looking at right now. It's like, this is my book that I wrote. It's uh, called Mobility and Inclusion. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, and I was, I put a chapter in here about universal design that talks about uh, universal design in learning, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it talks about all the different ways of education can support differently able people. Uh, and, uh, you know, you talking reminded me of that chapter. So I wanted to uh, pull it out and, you know, show, show it, show it to you because everything you talked about resonated with me. And I want to give you a piece of advice from whoever you consider me to be, a friend, uh, uh, an acquaintance, and I, I am willing to be uh, your friend for life. Um, I would advise you not to waste a single amount of energy with people and, in, and, and, and environments that do not appreciate or respect you the way you deserve. And that way you just keep on with your vision, with your goal and move forward. Deal? I have been in that area before. I take the same advice that I have been, that people have given me. Thanks to not just my family or my camp friends, but the therapists who have done so much for me and the ones I always stay in touch with. And if I ever apply to give my voice out for anything, I would tackle it in whatever way I can. But then if I don't hear back, I never waste my energy on it. And I keep knocking at other doors that may open it for me. Absolutely. Sometimes I like to follow up, sometimes I won't. But that is another thing that I have even learned during my college days, technically not through a therapist, but also through a coach who has a lot of experience in serving adults in and out of education. So I took the same advice from them as well. That's, that's great to know. And, uh, you know, I'm glad, uh, hopefully you're applying it because if you apply it, there will be less disappointments. And, uh, you know, life, life is already an up and down uh, path. So focus on what gets you up there's always going to be down because it's cause and effect, right? Everything is cause and effect. And, uh, and focus on the causes and effects that contribute to your upward growth. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I haven't really been in a lot of scenarios of being disrespected about what I've done. But there have been times when I faced rejections. <clears throat> excuse me, there have been times when I have faced rejections, 
but not for that reason. Mm -hmm. And I have learned that there are always fair reasons for those things to happen. And I learned to not perceive it in an unusual way that others should. And then that would, then that would very much hurt their mentality and haunt them very fast. And that is also the reason why during my college life, not just success in academics, I was trained by my career counselor in addition to facilitators who support neurodiverse students in helping them prepare for the workplace. Communication, behavior, Mm -hmm. interviews, any other necessity to have great success in your employment. And Mm -hmm. that is why our conferences or our sessions are called employment readiness. I'm I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, you know, these people are doing uh, what you just described because it's, uh, it's very important, not just for people with special needs, even anyone really should be taking these uh, teachings, if you will, of being ready for interview, being present, uh, being presentable when they, when they show up somewhere, you know, knowing how to communicate properly. I, t- till this day, English is my fourth language and I keep um, learning about effective ways of communication, you know? Um, so what these people are doing and what these people have taught you and what you're teaching them right now is very important for everyone, not just for people with special needs. And, mm-hmm. uh, and thank, you mm-hmm. for, thank you for doing that. Um, I wanted to talk about if, uh, if you agree about your book, The Empowerment of My Condition. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a series of poems in it? So it's a series of many poems, starting from my autism diagnosis to what I have overcome. Within this book, you will learn about not just what I have been through as a neurodiverse individual, but the experiences that have impacted me to further develop who I am as a person, impacting or influencing my personal growth. While I have mentioned some of my experiences earlier, there are additional ones that you will learn about. Supplementally, my characteristics and other things that I have done to be as successful as I can. So whenever you have a moment, put on those reading glasses, turn on the lamp in your office, You are about to enter the world of autism through David's background. That's great. I um, I I can't wait to read it. Uh, It's uh, you know part of part of the part part of the uh, show is to raise awareness. Obviously, one of my goals is to raise awareness about any type of uh, type of uh, you know disability or people's conditions and stuff like that. That's why the show is called Mobility and Inclusion, and I think. The word inclusion nowadays, it's kind of misunderstood a little bit. Uh, so I think this episode uh, will, uh, um, will give a correct definition to the word inclusion, uh, mm-hmm. to the differently abled, to the uh, uh, to society as, as a whole. Uh, inclusion inclusion it is about a humanitarian approach. It's not about... Um, it's not about political situations. It's not about political statements. It's about us accepting each other. And uh, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Um, the book, uh, I think uh, the book can be uh, purchased at Amazon and Lulu Bookstore. Is that correct? Yes. So it's available in the Lulu Bookstore, which is actually where I self-published the book. And then following that publication, my grandmother ordered 
70 copies. I ordered a copy for myself. After I read the book, I approved it for global distribution, which meant, or which means it is accessible on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and other global shops to purchase books. While there are many places to find them, I have advised people to purchase it off Amazon because the delivery is much quicker, despite there being an extra fee, such and such. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and before we move uh, any further, why I'm gonna ask you to define neurodiversity for us. For people who don't know what neurodiversity means, let's clarify it for them. Neurodiversity is a space where you will discover people with a variety of learning differences, how they communicate, how they might behave, and what struggles they may have that generally normal people might not. I don't like to generalize anything, and that's not my purpose, but in my condition, I specifically focus on autism. When I was diagnosed, I lashed out, meaning losing my temper <clears throat> and not really expressing myself in an appropriate way. My behavior was different than a normal person. It took so long, don't even know how many years or months for me to change my behavior in a mature way through all the experiences that I have been through, even with many supports that I have had. That's, Communication uh... is something that I take very seriously. For some individuals with autism, they succeed with nonverbal communication. Some can communicate verbally. I was very good at reading and speaking, like I said earlier. I did have trouble pronouncing words that were pretty long and not clear. But the big thing that I take seriously in communication is if you want someone on the spectrum to know what you're conveying, you have to communicate directly. Sometimes even if you communicate directly, it may require you to be a little more clear. For some on the spectrum, they're not really good at understanding what is actually being said to them unless if it's explicitly clear. I have been in situations where I could not comprehend what was being, despite it being honest and blunt. Throughout my adventures, <clears throat> I have been in scenarios where I have adapted to cultures that prefer indirect communication to diffuse situations where not just misbehavior, but frustration can happen very quickly. Mm -hmm. Reading between the lines is not one of my strengths. And even if you do support neurodiverse individuals as a staff, there are times when you will have to learn that. I try my best to get used to it, but that is not a skill set for most individuals on the spectrum. But for sure, there are some people on the autism spectrum who have mastered the skill to read between the lines. The more direct you are, the better interaction you'll have. Sometimes we will ask for further clarification. Even if it may be too much, it's not for the sake of it. So keep that in mind. 
All right. No, thank you for giving us that uh, clarification on the neurodiversity aspect of things. Now let's move on to your studies. You studied political science. Mm -hmm. And uh, did, you, did you know you wanted to study political science or that's something that you became more passionate about as you grew up? Well, actually, when I reflected on what I have gone through growing up, and kind of knowing my family's background, I knew I wanted to study something that would put emphasis on global studies or international relations. And that led me to choosing political science. Mm -hmm. Even though I do wanna pursue a career in public speaking, I chose political science because I want to study the differences of nations, their governments, their philosophies, and what they do to treat their citizens, and even the differences of society within their region. Mm -hmm. That is what led me to studying political science. The majority of my father's side of the family has a plethora of work experience with agencies that are split by the United Nations. I have relatives who have jobs that require traveling and relocating, which is where working for an embassy of a specific country around the world. And not to mention other relatives who have experience in working within international organizations. Most of the time, I have made a habit to read the world news like every morning or whenever I can, just to learn what's happening around the world and how it can certainly affect the way I am learning through my studies. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's great. That's uh, I think uh, I think political science is an important field, and the way you describe it looks like you're uh, genuinely uh, interested in knowing different cultures, uh, uh, understanding different uh, governments. Uh, so I more power to you. Uh, I congratulate you on a very sound decision that you have you have made mm -hmm. in pursuing yeah. political science. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, now I wanted to bring up, okay, let's talk about your passion for traveling first and then we'll uh, end it with mentioning your platform, Venturing Incredible Abilities, okay? Yeah, All right. sure thing. Talk to us about your experience visiting 40 countries. It all started with my family. I have been traveling the world since I was two months old. The majority of my expeditions has been in around Europe. I have been to five con I have been to 40 countries in five out of the seven continents in the world. My, my world travels have began domestically as an independent traveler. At the age of 16, my first expedition or world travel overseas was on a trip with, with summer camp to Israel for a month. And that was when I was 16 years old. And I have been traveling mostly independently ever since. And then during my college life, I traveled abroad five times I have educational experience in South America and Europe. My first one was to Quito, Ecuador, exploring biodiversity and human relations in the Galapagos. Following that, in the fall semester of my junior year, I studied Mediterranean cultures, modern and contemporary in Barcelona, Spain. Then I traveled to Geneva, Switzerland 
to study the establishment of the League of Nations, then to Germany to study the rise and fall of Nazi Germany, because I also contribute to the Jewish community. Despite being born and growing up in a family of mixed religions, I was born and raised Jewish. So that is also another thing that led me to exploring a or searching a program that would enable me to contribute with the Jewish community. My last independent travel in post-secondary education was for one of my political science classes and actually my favorite one, Model United Nations. I was accepted by the political science department to attend a Model United Nations conference in Rome, Italy, where I represented the People's Republic of China in the Economic and Social Council, one of the main parts of the United Nations. Model UN is the class to represent a country and to negotiate with other delegates about what they want to accomplish. All of these travel opportunities have not just only led to great travel experience, it's about learning the cultures you chose to travel to and taking advantage of every opportunity that there is. Yeah. It's also a strong way to build friendships. The friendships always count the most because you don't know or even know when you would ever see those people again. The one thing that I have learned the most, and this is actually a rhyme time that I will always tell to anyone. If you fill it, you earn it. If you waste it, you lose it. So that means utilize that opportunity whenever it's there. If you waste it, then you will lose it and it won't come back again. Yep. It's very true. And that's the rhyme time that I have established. Well, that's a powerful one. Um, thank you for sharing your experience. Now let's talk about the platform, Venturing Incredible Abilities. So what is this platform about? What, what is your work in it? And how can people benefit from it? So Venturing Incredible Abilities was not really a motto, but it was my way of remembering all that has happened for me. So it's three parts. Venturing is like my world travels where I am going. Incredible is like having incredible abilities to share my story and also having incredible abilities to navigate myself wherever I travel to. Because I have the ability to be, to, to know what's around me, I can visualize and think in pictures. Like another good example of Temple Grandin. I can see a street sign on a wall instead of on the pole of a traffic light. And that can happen in Europe. It's also a way for me to develop new abilities that will enhance my comprehension skills, or even to other cultural aspects that may not be clear. The word incredible also relates to a fantastic film that deserved best animated film of 2004, Disney Pixar, The Incredibles. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I have. It is such an amazing film. And that's where the word incredible comes from. And, and uh, because you have the picture of uh, the incredible, someone wearing the incredible t-shirt on your website, correct? Yep. And pretty much on all the pages of that platform, that is actually a clue that has led me to creating this platform, 
which can also lead you to some concise blogs about my travels from the past, even some that have happened much long ago, not really a lot, mm -hmm. but to more recent ones, you'll get um, better understanding and not just my world travels, also the topics that I discuss relating to autism, which is autism advocacy and the travels is global awareness. That's uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. You're doing great work, man. Uh, keep it up. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you uh, that I forgot. Um, so who would be, for, regarding your book, um, who would be your ideal um, reader? What exactly do you mean by ideal so, reader? Um, for example, when I was writing my book, people, people were asking me, who are you writing this book for? right and when i thought about it i was like this is, this is a really hard question you know I'm, I'm writing the book for everyone who's interested in knowing more about mobility know, knowing more about inclusion in, in the community of people with disabilities and special needs um, but when you think of it in a business sense that's not a that's not a good enough answer, you know, because you need to go as specific as possible, right? In terms of business sense, I'm talking about in, in terms of sales of books and stuff like that, right? And I chose to not go as as specific, if you will, because my book really can benefit anyone. You know, anyone who has an interest in, in, in the community of people with disabilities, anyone who has an interest in learning more about inclusion and not just sticking with the political inclusion term, you know, um, or anyone that wants to learn more about universal design can, can read my book and take some information from it. So who would you say would benefit the most by reading your book? An abundant amount of people, one in different bullets. Writers who like poetry, even other writers who enjoy reading any kind of writing that comes out. Mm -hmm. Other individuals with autism who have published their books, autobiographies, children's books, biographies, and have shared their stories. My vision with this book is to have it not just become so popular, but to have it also recognized or promoted as a book for parents of those with autism to read and even many groups, different groups that serve the autism community. And that has been my ambition in getting this book spread out. Writing it was a different scenario. My grandma is a poet and her writing gave me the idea to work on this project. And this is what led me to writing it. And now I'm sharing it out to wherever I'd like to and to any group that would <clears throat> be inclusive about anyone sharing their stories through writing or anything. Absolutely, man. That's your, that's, that is great. And uh, so when, is, when, when are you writing the second book? I'm actually writing it right now. I started it two months after graduating college. This one is specifically on summer camp. It's a memoir. Mm -hmm. I have a long way to go with it because it's a prose. And, this, and if I'm ever citing a source... It's not really targeted for self-publishing. So there's definitely going to be a lot to work on and it will require a substantial amount of patience, but I know that I will get there in any way that I can. I have One no benefit idea. is I am not in education. So technically 
I have the freedom as to how long I can write it, but to also be satisfied with what I am putting. Because once it's out there, it's out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great, man. Uh, I, I really appreciate your time with us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, and hopefully we can stay in touch. We can collaborate down the, down the roads at some point. Um, I want to thank everyone who uh, listened to this podcast, to this interview. And I will see you next time. Until then, uh, look into yourself and find out what are your limiting beliefs. Uh, suspend it and shoot for greatness because what you put, it, put your mind to, you can achieve. Mm -hmm. And that is what I want to teach people that if you want to be great at something, you have to study it with discipline, but also acknowledge the fact that even if you may target it, it won't go as planned as you'd like it to. That relates to any kind of pitch that is thrown. You may miss it or you may hit it, but it's up to you to swing at it at the right time, even when trying to make a good shot at anything. And if you might have noticed in every sport that you play, it's an opportunity for you to make the best shot that you can. Hitting a ball with a bat or a stick. Shooting a big ball in a net or rolling a big ball like a swing towards multiple sticks. It's other kinds of things that you learn or even another sport that you enjoy that is not for me. It's the same exact thing. You are using a specific object that will allow you to play that game fairly. Absolutely, man. Very well said. And again, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for giving us your time and hopefully uh, we'll stay in touch and we'll collaborate. Anytime. We'll stay in touch and would love to hear from you whenever I can or if I ever receive a message. Absolutely. I promise I will be in con constant contact. <laughs> Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.